Welcome to Keeping It 9450, codenamed WBB, a part of the 9450 Women's Basketball Network. I'm Daniel Artesca, KDOT. We're going to do a quick podcast. We'll talk about some things that's on our mind. KDOT, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Yo, yo, what up? What it is? What's popping? Everything's all good. We had an exciting array of women's basketball this week, namely last night. So let's get right into it. We got a, we got a lot to talk about in very little time, but we want to make sure we make it work your while. Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about the big game last night. Las Vegas against Chicago. Chicago beat Las Vegas 104-95. Las Vegas came out bombs a-blazing. They went on some big runs. 25-4, to 33-8 run in seven minutes. And they just dominated. But then after the first quarter, the Las Vegas Aces offense tanked. And then they just got blasted out the building the rest of the way. Kata, what's your thoughts? Yeah, very interesting game last night. Again, the Aces came out with the shooters. It was crazy. 33-8 to eight run to start off in the first quarter. It continued 13-5 to five going into the second quarter. And then just after that, the sky just settled in a little bit and went on a 16-2 run to end the second quarter. Um, so... What happened definitely in the beginning of the game was Las Vegas was able to come out and force tons of turnovers. I think that from a defensive perspective, the Aces were very crisp, clean, and direct with knifing each screen and fighting through each screen, making it difficult for Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, and Candace Parker to just get into some type of offense. But what changed was not necessarily Vegas. First off, I think Vegas just ran over gas really early from a defensive standpoint. Yes. But settling down with Chicago, they were able to utilize their pick and roll a little bit better. Enforce the aces to actually, instead of knifing the screen, they forced the aces to chase the screen and allow an open paint. Yeah. for them to get easy, easy shots. More importantly, Courtney Vandersloot utilizing the one four or one five pick and roll with Emma Meeson and allow Emma Meeson to either roll to the basket or pop to where she has that patented mid-range jump shot. And then with Allie quickly getting open in the corners, they took a lot of two-point shots that actually helped knock that lead down a little bit. And then what was more impressive was Chicago ramping their defense up and making the Aces offense a little more stagnant, getting them into turnovers, namely Kelsey Plum trying to knife through and snake screens and just getting a hand on the ball, getting deflections. And that that really helped out the, the sky. All right. So from what I've seen after the first quarter, Las Vegas was done. I think that what we talked about it earlier before we even did the show, just like how tired they were and, and what you was talking about, how they was trying to do some job coverage that wasn't successful. I just think that it's professional basketball. And in professional basketball, normally when you jump out to big leads, it's, it's easier to, to come back from. This is not something that just gradually happened. And you going through what I call the quicksand of basketball, where it's just mistake after mistake and the other team is capitalizing on it. Las Vegas just came out like crazy right there. Because think about it. In the second quarter, the Chicago Sky shot 74% from the field. They made five threes in the quarter as well. And then it carried over to the third quarter. The Sky went on a 20 to 4 run to go up about 15. They held Las Vegas to 15% in there. It's, it's just crazy because, like, 
when you look at it, Chicago, after the first quarter of the game, when Vegas came out blazing like that, Chicago shot 60% for the rest of the game. Las Vegas shot 35%, getting outscored 86 to 54. It's just crazy, like how the history was. Second most points in a quarter in WNBA history for the Aces with 41. And then <laughs> to also be on the other side of history with being up 28 and then coming back to lose. It's just crazy. But you know what? At the end of the day, though, KDOT, you got to give Chicago a lot of credit and how they came back without going to the foul line because they didn't go to the foul line until the fourth quarter. So you got to give Chicago a lot of credit how they came back like that. And the defense of the Chicago Sky, that's a championship defense right there. They showed that, hey, we willing to fight and they did just that. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was indeed the defense. And when we talk about like the length of the Chicago Sky, Rebecca Gardner, in particular, yeah, came off the bench and was really a disruptor in that second quarter and coming into the second half, just playing the passing lanes very well. She had a few deflections that led to some fast break points for the Chicago Sky, and I think that's what did it. More importantly, just guarding multiple positions and disrupting Jackie Young's flow, disrupting Kelsey Plum's flow, disrupting Chelsea Gray's flow. It was just one of those situations where you see her and you're like, golly, can you leave me alone type situation? And it carried throughout the rest of the team because you saw Candace Parker get some deflections. Emma Misamin got some deflections. Kalia Copper got some deflections. I mean, it was just contagious from that standpoint. And I got to give credit where credit is due with Rebecca Gardner and her defensive prowess coming into that second quarter and moving forward throughout the entire game. That defense definitely was mainly the reason why Chicago was able to pull off the win and making shots, making open shots, more in particular, that caused that win to to happen to Chicago. So very much credit to Chicago for that comeback win, for sure. And just staying on Rebecca Gardner real quick, she's what, she's a 31-year-old rookie, right? Yep, 31-year-old rookie. She's she's not a 31-year-old first-time rookie. She's been around the world playing basketball, and she obviously played against these players overseas as well. I don't consider her a rookie. I get it. Yeah, it's her first year in the league, but you need veterans like that. If Ryan Howard ain't having this amazing breakout start to her career, Rebecca Gardner, I don't know, would you have her as part of that rookie of the year debate? Should it even be a debate? Do you think Ryan Howard let go of the reins a little bit? And that's not even on Ryan's fault. It's just the season. You know how it is. Teams are making adjustments. They're going to play you a little harder. What you think about that with Rebecca Gardner? I think with Rebecca Gardner, obviously she has a case, but I think that it's Ryan Howard's to lose. It's more so Rebecca Gardner just understanding what her role is. She is a star in her role. With her length and her defensive ability, her IQ, and even her passing ability on the offensive end, which is very underrated and no one talks about, in certain sets where they run horns down or floppy and she's getting the ball on the She's getting the ball on the wing and making sure that the passes are crisp for Allie Quigley or Kalia Copper to come off of those down screens to get a clean shot off. Or even with Emma Misamin coming off the roll when she's setting the pick. That's very important. I think Rebecca Gardner is definitely one of those players who just understands how to be a star in her role. And for her to be a 31-year-old rookie now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, oh, my God, like, why? 
Is she a 31-year-old rookie? Yeah. I'm glad that she's able to get this chance with Chicago. She is a perfect fit for them in what the identity that they use offensively and more importantly, defensively for her. I like that she's doing what she's doing for Chicago. But when it comes to the rookie of the year conversation, everybody has a conversation. Everybody is worth a conversation, but I think it's Ryan Howard's to lose for sure. Yeah, definitely. I just, you know how to do it. I always got to ask the questions. I got to ask the questions. But yeah, moving on. Chicago with a great team win. They had 34 assists on 43 made baskets. They outscored Las Vegas in the paint 44 to 28, which is just crazy. I didn't think that. I thought they would have more than that. But obviously, when they came out, bombs are blazing. They relied on that three-point shot the rest of the game. And that kind of bit them in the butt. All right, let's move on real quick. The Los Angeles Sparks beating the Mystics 84 to 82. And led by Neko Gumake with 21. Katie Lou Samuels had 13. Her neck assistant, Cheney, had 10 points. And Jordan Canada had 10 points as well. And for Washington, uh, uh, Ariel Atkins had 22. Maisha Hines-Allen had 17. And Natasha Cloud, the shooter, in the building, 13 points and 13 assists. Like, what's your quick thoughts on this game from last night? Quickly, Natasha Cloud had 13 points. Nine of those points came at the, what, it was about three Three minutes left in the fourth quarter. She got a technical foul. And a- after that technical foul, she hit three three-point shots. Yeah, she was mad. She was real mad. And by the way, the Sparks were up. If I'm not mistaken, they were up 11. And they only won by two points. So that that tells me a little bit there. Even though they were able to get the win, that, that let me know something from the Mystics standpoint. Even though that they lost, this is a loss that they can look at and say, even without Elena Deladon, this is a loss that they can look at and they can say, hey, listen, the more we can get together and try to scramble and try to get wins without Elena Deladon, the better. Because when she's with us, we're basically unstoppable if we can do it. And I think, that- I think they have two or maybe three losses with Deladon in there. And I think their record is like two and five or two and six without her. Three, so, three and five. Three, three and five, five without her. Okay. Yeah, three and so, five without. Yeah. With sorry for cutting you off, brother. My bad. No, nah, um, you good. You good. We all good. <laughs> it just shows it just goes to show you like they're gonna need her. Hopefully they can figure a way out in the second half of the season for the stretch run because we said it earlier in this podcast, uh, that earlier in the season of this podcast that this is a championship team right here, a championship contending team. They could be there, but the best ability is availability. So they're gonna need her to figure this out. And hopefully, I don't know the schedule, I ain't looking that far up. Maybe they got a bunch of home game, a, a nice home stretch where she's just constantly playing and everything. I get it. No back-to-backs. Traveling is going to be rough. But I think that, I think in the second half of the season, she's going to have to try to make those trips. But we don't know the plan. Maybe that's the plan. But they need her. It's obvious they need her to contend in this championship, bro. And I'm going to go a step further and we'll move on. Powered by Cerebro Sports. We okay. Were, um, Let's get it. Analytics. Let's go. We were, we were, we got into our, our bag a little bit. We got into our analytics bag on Saturday and a lot of people didn't agree with Elena Deladon being number 10 on that top 10 WNBA players for this season. But again, we're talking about what is needed when she's on the floor versus when she's off the floor. Again, three and five when she's off the floor. I believe they're eight and three when she's on the floor. So that tells me that the impact of winning in, I believe she's also top 10 in 
that warp analytic that Kevin Pelton, shout out to Kevin Pelton, that he displayed, I believe, on Monday. But that just proves my point from a perspective of not always relying on the eye test and we're big eye test guys, but is a mixture that you're going to need. And it's very important to look at those type of numbers. And Elena Deladon is very important for that squad. And I think that if Elena Deladon was there with them last night, even though it was a two-point loss, I believe that her 19 and a half points per game would have probably sealed a win for the Mystics. That's just looking at it from a number standpoint. But that's part of the reason why we talk about these types of things from a, from an analytics and from an eye test standpoint. So I think that the Mystics, of course, will be okay. And just like DA said, hopefully they can figure out a way. And that's this is probably the plan, but they figure out a way to get her more acclimated and get some more wins so they can prepare for the playoffs. Yeah. And I got a question. Like, how come anybody was showing Kevin Putin all that love when he was doing his analytics? But then, like, y'all coming at us crazy when K Dot posted the analytics in, in, in the top 10 and, and everything. And that leads to my next point, K-Dot. <laughs> it's time. Go at him. Go at him. I'm going to go on time. Here. It's time. All right, so <laughs> shout out to the women's basketball community. I love y'all. I know y'all love me and everything. And y'all love K-Dot. Y'all love the show. Y'all love the network and everything. So I put a tweet out <laughs> and I said, hey, Asia Wilson already signed up the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year award. Congratulations on a great season. Man, that tweet went crazy yesterday, bro, <laughs> because uh, we got a lot of fans that are just really passionate. And also that uh, they assume that I'm a South Carolina person because it's on, on the bio for the page, the 9450 WBB on Twitter. Don't forget to follow that. It says South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. So they, I get it. I get it. I understand the optics. Like we talked about on the previous podcast, optics matter. But I just want to let everybody know that. Yo, listen, son, I'm New York City doing through Queensbridge projects, all right? Yo, don't get it twisted. I'm not from the South. I'm just enjoying the weather and the vibes down here. Rent low, <laughs> the money stretch further, gas cheaper and everything like that. So let's not get it twisted. But a lot of these fans, like, they just go so crazy when you say something that's not of the norm when it comes to basketball. But listen, <laughs> the, their tweet was an obvious joke, okay? This is Daniel Artest speaking, okay? 13 years, professional basketball player, <laughs> all right? Been around the world playing this game. So if I tweet something from a page that sounds crazy, like that's just, being, that's just me being silly. And we don't even do that because we don't really believe in hot takes. But there's some type of truth in that tweet, honestly. I said it last year too, K-Dot. Remember last year, I said John Quill Jones, she sung the MVP up at the All-Star break. Even when she went on that EuroLeague trip, um, for for Bosnia. I was like, yeah, she sewn it up already. She, the best player on the best team in the league, by far. And then kudos to the Connecticut Sun last year for holding it down. I think they split the games to help keep her MVP thing right there. And that's how I feel about Asia Wilson. By and far, the best player on the best team in the league. And she's the best player in the league right now. And she's doing amazing things. So there was some type of truth to that, but the tweet was an obvious joke. Come on, y'all crazy coming at me like that. Don't do that to me. <laughs> it's me here. Listen, we have the most unbiased show on the land. If you ever look at our podcast, listen to our show, you'll see that we, when, when it's time for us to get in our bag and give our flowers to players, we give our flowers to smorgasbord of players. It's just so funny, kid. I was just laughing all night. And then the funny thing about it, more people agree than they disagree. So I guess I might be on to something, k Yeah, but you, you are on to something. But listen, if we being honest, I'll tell you this. 
as far as the MVP, if we did our quarterly show, Asia Wilson would still be MVP. Now, defensive player of the year, that is a close race. That's closer than anything right now because, shoot, Brianna Stewart defensively, come on. And we are doing a show where we're taking out the entire eye test. We're going to have an eye test free show for y'all. And we're going to talk about the top 10 players, maybe even more, maybe even more. We'll go out. We'll probably do top 10 and some surprises that's on the list that's pretty high. Whoever's behind 10 and also like probably whoever's disappointing that we see on the eye test that stand, that's a standout. But shoot, Brianna Stewart is having a season right now. Now, I'll tell you this. MVP, Asia's ahead, but Brianna is closing the gap. I'll tell you that. Defensive player of the year, that gap done closed. And even like, what, most improved player? We had Jackie Young. I think that gap is closing too. Because, shoot, her own teammate, right? <laughs> Two of her teammates. <laughs> and Hamby and, and Blum. <laughs> they could be considered for that. <laughs> it's all love when we talk in hoops, but we don't just want y'all to just be like thinking like we just some crazy dudes talking basketball. Listen, we the most <laughs> basketball-loving brothers y'all going to encounter on this thing right here. We, we empower, we educate, and then we love the engagement too. Keep it going. All right, so love is love. All right, so let's do Uno real quick, KDOT. Who's your draw for a player of the week? So... I'm gonna just put. I'm gonna just give you a draw for a player of the night, and yeah. okay, she is, okay, okay. And she is a player who's worked extremely hard to get mm-hmm. back into the league. Shout out to my son's basketball trainer, Kevin Scott of Scotts Pro Sports. He, th- this person, this incredible human being, this incredible woman, trained at his facility, and she trains extremely hard. And mm-hmm. my draw for a player of the night is Maya Caldwell of the Atlanta Dream. She got called up, signed a hardship contract, and came out last night against the Dallas Wings and went crazy. 18 points. She was effective defensively against Enrique Ogumawale. She was just very active offensively, getting her shot off. She was just incredible last night. And she just stood out above, above all. And I want to just give her a shout out. And she's my draw player of the night because she was just simply amazing. And I just wanted to give her flowers. She incredibly deserves it. And all of the work that she put in Kev's gym is definitely paying off. So kudos to her. Yeah, that's my first time ever hearing her. And this is so funny because I'm still relatively an infant and coming women's basketball, like from a media standpoint. So a lot of these players, I still don't, I, I still haven't seen play. Yeah. She, if she, I, I hope that they can figure out a way to keep her on the roster and hopefully she just stay, be consistent during this hardship time. And because I, I think that she has the skills to definitely be in this league. She definitely has the skills to be in this league. I have a draw for a player. It's not of the week. It's not of the night. It's just somebody I haven't seen because when we started covering WNBA, she wasn't in the league last year, but her name is Maureen Johannes. Like KDOT, like she got some game, like really good point guard. With her and Crystal Dangerfield moving Sabrina off the ball. And look what the Liberty's doing right now, KDOT. Look, look at what happens when you take Sabrina off the ball. And she's healthy, still racking up near triple doubles. And now you got these two point guards in Dangerfield and Johannes. And like the Liberty, KDOT, oh my God, they went from the cellar. <laughs> they they in the, in, the, in the living room right now trying to get outside, go play in the postseason, bro. Like really love what they've been doing. And also like 
Sabrina UNESCO has been amazing in this stretch. She's been putting in a lot of work, but I just wanted to give Maureen Johannes some love because I've never seen her play before. And to see her out there just doing work, her passing the way she's so heady as a point guard, like the Liberty had has something going on and hopefully their players can come back and get healthy soon. And before we got here, I know that you got something to talk about with the John Quill Jones story written by Katie Barnes. And then just real quick, for those that listened to our previous podcast, when we was talking about amplifying black women in, in basketball, this is what we are talking about right here. This is exactly what we're talking about. And then we had people that when I talked about the tweet and in the comments, they was going crazy. Like we was wrong. Yo, K-Dot, that is the ops that we want to see. Just like that. But we want to see it all the time, though. We don't want to just see it every one once a quarter. Or we want to see it every time. It's time. 80% black. This league is 80% black. Come on, let's do it. And you got you got players like Kelsey Plum speaking about it. Paige Banker spoke about it on national TV. Let's do it. Come on, let's go. I really want to tilt my hat off to Katie Barnes. She did an incredible job with the piece. I really enjoyed reading it. And I even enjoyed the seven-minute short that she had of John Quill Jones. Um, it was an amazing piece. And I just want to pay my respects because this is exactly what we were talking about. And for those who had their rebuttals, who had their butts, like we can't continue to keep saying this and it keeps being thrown back into your face for you to just make excuses for it. It's unacceptable at this point. And we're not saying all of this out the side of our necks like we're making this up. Like we we can't make this up. Like we are the most unbiased, most objective two guys that you will ever have in this game. And for us to say something that's truthful is not anything taken away from anybody else because everybody in this league is truly great. I don't care if you played 0.5 minutes I don't care 30 seconds. <laughs> I don't care if you play a thousand minutes in this league. You are special. You are one of many who's accomplished something that people dream of. Yep. So when we talk about this, like we're not saying it to be malicious. We're yep. just telling the truth. And this piece was truly amazing. I give so much, so much wealth and flowers and blessings to John Cole Jones for mm -hmm. telling her truth. I want to see her more because that State Farm commercial is just simply incredible. I love it. Every time it comes on, my, my daughter, she recognizes it and she's three years old. My son recognizes it. He's eight years old. And this is what the representation we're talking about. Keep doing what we're asking for. It's not like we're being it's just in asking for, we're just simply asking for more representation and amplifications. Continue to do that. I really loved what, what we saw. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it goes, to, and it goes to say this too, Kate, just going forward with what we're doing and what our show, like, yeah, we talking about the game, but we also going to be like holding people accountable to make sure that the message is getting out there. So many amazing players and it's really dope. Yeah. We got frustrated <laughs> in our previous show, but it's awesome to see that article come out and talk about John Paul Jones and, and the struggle. And it's just crazy because just women's basketball, period. Not even take the race part out of it, Kate. Just like our women overall in basketball are just marginalized in America. Overseas, they ain't like that. They getting love over it. But here, it's just marginalized too. So we just got to figure it out. I just think that to the powers that be, that can make this, that can make this move to get these women in a, a better place. 
do it. Or just find somebody else that can do it that loves the game more. Just get out the way. But that's all I got to say, KDOT. Thank you for listening to Keep It in 9450, codename WBB. Don't forget to follow us at the 9450WBB on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to follow K.Lou3H on Twitter. Don't forget to follow The DR Test Show on Twitter as well. With that being said, love is love. Peace. Peace out.